0: decided
1: i'm sorry i picked this topic i love
0: this movie it's a scary movie it's a scary movie and it still affects me just the same i cannot put that on
1: i gotta tell you
2: something about this movie worked for me i was well,
1: like it rocked so i mean that's kind of that's debatable but i mean it's a great movie
0: that you know I, it's my right as a viewer as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films to have my opinions and be disappointed
2: but that's what I love about, about this group doing this podcast right now, is that on so many pages,
0: we're <laughs> like right there with each
2: other. But then, I mean, it, it's, it's almost inevitable that, uh, you know, half the time we're going to go, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you are out of your mind. I'm sorry
0: Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts.
2: evening ladies and gentlemen on a wintry wintry blustery evening here in December it's blustery I mean have you seen the snow outside oh oh Oh. Oh, the winter outside is frightful welcome to another episode of the Midwest Monsters podcast I am Grizzly Abner joined by my best buds
0: Professor Wagstaff
2: and we come to you this evening with the show we meant to record last year but didn't get around to for special reasons we are tonight doing
0: a Christmas horror podcast. And I would just like to say, Merry Christmas, Chris. Merry Christmas,
1: Matt Jen. Thank you. Merry Christmas. So this is Christmas.
2: So this is Christmas. Boy, can't stand that song. don't want to hear it anymore. Oh.
1: <laughs> One thing in an episode. Oh, man, man, so... Oh. Let's talk real quick, man. So have you have you watched The Grinch yet? No. It's not officially Christmas until I see The Grinch. Yeah? Like, that's how it is because I remember when I was a child, TBS or some station, equivalent station, would always play The Grinch every year. And not until I see it, not watching it on DVD or Blu-ray, which I have both because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a freak, oh. but every year when I see it on TV, it's officially Christmas time. Nice. That's my thing. What is yours? Um, it's a wonderful life. Right on. Hmm. Right on. I say wonderful. So when he's running, it's, like, it's not at my house. It's a, it's a Bill's house and no. it's a Steve's. That's what makes Christmas for you.
0: Well, there's like the one. season. The
1: season. Yeah, that's kind
0: of like the, the the I've kicked into full gear. I will just hmm. say this: Bedford Falls looks way more fun when we go through the scenario if he hadn't been born and there's gambling and. <laughs> but anyways,
1: Chris,
2: uh, Christmas for me is National Lampoon's Christmas yeah. Vacation. There
1: you go, man. There you That's go. That's it for but, me. But but is it you watching it or is it something that comes on TV naturally?
2: It's
1: usually me
2: watching it. Okay. okay. Um, because just, Cause you can control. Because I don't. Yeah, I don't watch TV. You
1: piss me off. See, I we, I don't really watch it yeah. either. But I always kind of look out for. We don't watch TV. Period. But we look out for specials, and when specials are on, we okay. go sit in because the kids have "quote unquote" cable on their TV. You yeah. know, like they they get the paid for channels and things. Yeah. We just watch Netflix or whatever. Right. So when the kids get those Christmas specials, we would love to join them for
2: Christmas. For specials. sure,
1: and that's what makes Christmas for me. Like getting up and watching the twenty four hours of the Christmas story. Yep, that makes Christmas day for me. Is because we leave it on TBS all day. No matter what commercials yep, run, so you leave way. it on to watch twenty-four hours of the
2: Christmas. My parents, one year, uh, my dad got me a lever-action twenty-two rifle.
1: Oh, right on. And right so on. my
2: mom thought it was funny; she bought me Christmas Story on DVD. So
1: don't shoot your eye out. You'll right shoot your eye exactly. Out, I, don't,
2: I, don't. I don't know that I've ever watched that DVD. Why? Because it's yeah. always on TBS. Exactly, when exactly. you want to watch it, so it it serves two purposes that are funny. One. um... My parents never want to watch it on Christmas. But every time they leave the room, I put it on TV. Yes. So every time they come on, they say, Why is that? This was the next question. Do you in your household, do you call it a Christmas story or do you call it Ralphie? Because we call it Ralphie. Dude, so every dude, time as, they see as, the- as
1: we are, we still call it the Christmas story <laughs> because it's always been the Christmas story. But no, no, no. When we refer to it outside, we do call it Ralphie. Okay. It's like, hey man, we gonna put Ralphie on this year? Yeah. no, I, I do I, I will be
0: honest. I'm my mind's kind of blown right now. I've never heard it referred to. That. Yeah, yeah, I like so, it it. No, I like yeah, it. yeah.
1: Like my mom, uh, my mom lives a Christmas fanatic. So <laughs> when we when we're together, if it's not on already, my mom be like, turn Ralphie on, <laughs> and we watch it. And, uh, and, and we, so <laughs> the kids know it as a Christmas story, but every once in a while, my mom be like, turn Ralphie on. So when
2: my parents leave the room, and they come back in, and I'm sitting back chilling, they're like, did you put Ralphie back on? You know what time it is. Yeah, <laughs> I like, it's Ralphie's son, is Ralphie's uh, time.
0: <laughs> same director as a movie we will discuss here in a little bit. Yes, yeah. Bob Clark. Yeah, so, yeah man. But so
1: should that be our segue? No. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. We're
2: going to start today with a little film called Gremlins. <laughs>
1: Gremlins. <laughs>
2: Mad Chan, tell us about it.
1: 1984, director Joe Dante, writer Chris Columbus, oh, yeah. you can't get, he's got a Gremlins, I got my Gremlins koozie, koozie right now, like, it, it's got a uh, full on My Dude Gizmo, with the shadow, oh. with the shadow, like, it's amazing right and now, and it's
2: actually a wraparound koozie, you don't get many of those,
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, no, I love it, no, dude, I love it, like, Gremlins is that story, we got Gremlins, 28
0: minutes, by the way, to eat.
1: Gremlins is that classic story. I love Gremlins and a lot of folks don't think of Gremlins as a Christmas movie. But they do think of Gremlins as a a horror movie or a horror comedy or whatever. But they a lot of folks don't think of it as a Christmas, but it sets Christmas so bright for me. Yeah. Because it's set around Christmas time in um Falls. What is it? What is Falls? What's the the city uh, oh town, town. something falls gosh Great falls or whatever it yeah. is it's set in that small town atmosphere hey and I do want to throw this out there this is my uh little tidbit of trivia that city and the city is the same backdrop that was used for back to the future really yes the uh the movie it does the, look very familiar the movie theater that the, yep. that the gremlins mm-hmm. are destroying in gremlins is the movie theater that Michael J. Fox runs the DeLorean into in uh, Back to the Future?
2: I'll be hot Say so it,
1: it was the same backlot set at Universal.
2: Wow. Well,
1: and so I do want to point that out. And very I mean, cool. that's a little
2: pre-thing,
1: yeah. but yeah, we're looking at and we're looking at um, Zach Galligan, a guy that I I know I've met. Have you guys met that? Zach? Zach yeah, Zach's amazing. Zach Galligan yeah. as Billy Peltzer. What year? of uh, 1984. Okay. And uh, we got Miss Phoebe Cates. Oh yeah, every young man's uh, oh, dream yeah. at that point. Kate Berenger. We got Dick Miller playing Murray Futterman. Uh, a young Corey Feldman playing Pete Fontaine. Judge Reinhold playing Gerald Hopkins. Love. Belinda Bolowski, if you guys may know her from the Howling series, Belinda Belowski mm-hmm. plays Mrs. Harris, who's a very small role in the movie. And then we got Howie Mandel. And Harry Mandel voicing Gizmo, Mm-mm. our favorite Mogwai, and we've got Michael Winslow voicing uh, like Stripe. Yeah. And a lot of the gremlins. So I mean there's it's a big cast for the time,
2: man. Judge Reinhold and Phoebe Cates. In the Judge same Reinhold movie. but
1: that's the thing, it's it's that fast times throwback. Yeah. Judge Reinhold and Phoebe Cates. Yep. Man, like that's awesome. So that's, that was my understanding of that movie. <laughs> Good.
2: From this movie fast we times. get Three important rules. What are they?
1: Don't put them in sunlight. Don't put them inside. Mm-hmm. That'll kill them. Yep. Don't spill water on them. Don't water. spill water on them.
2: Which made it hard for the MS ice bucket challenge.
1: And if you feed them, never ever feed them after midnight. Never. Now, which is a rule that's exploited in the second movie because the guys make fun of it and they're just like. What if they're traveling across international waters? Yeah, you know, what right. It's always midnight at some point of the country or other, you know. And it's like, "What if he gets a sesame seed caught in his teeth?" But literally, we get to see in the movie Gremlins, my one of my favorites, that the gremlins chew through and cut Billy's cord to his his clock. That's right. Do they? Are they trying to turn into gremlins? This is the one thing, I've, this is the question I've always had. Are the mogwais trying to turn into gremlins? Because <laughs> they purposely cut that, that clock off to eat after midnight. Are the mogwais trying to turn into, do they know this is their evolution and they're trying to get to the next stage? Or is it just a, we're hungry, dog, feed us, you know, feed us. So, like, because the gremlin, because the Mogwais are great creatures. So, we get Gizmo, given to Zach Galligan from his dad, who's a, 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 an inventor. <laughs> an
2: inventions. Inventor. He has I love his inventions, of, inventions to the, the movie. The,
1: the inventions are the best. Bathroom buddy. Right. <laughs> the bathroom buddy. But my first note is, if an old Chinese man tells you you shouldn't do something, you probably shouldn't do probably it. Probably ought not. He's just like, I'm not selling you the Mogwai. And his grandson goes out and sells the Mogwai. But the old Chinese man is like, no, nah, this dude ain't getting my Mogwai. So, and the other thing is, why would you agree to buy something that has so many specific rules? Because the kid tells him, don't feed it after midnight. Don't get it wet. Do not direct. Do not put it in direct sunlight. Those are three things that if you gave me a goldfish and was just like, don't do these three things this goldfish. I'm like, this motherfucker's dead tomorrow. <laughs> Like, seriously, like, so what's going on? Like, I talked a lot about Gremlins. Let's get some other.
2: I had a babysitter once who told me this was real. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a lie. It's not a lie. When Gremlins 2 came out, I collected the Gremlins 2 trading cards and stickers, and she was like, that's real, you know? (laughs) And it freaked me out.
0: Wow. True story. It's uh, Not taught in Babysitting 101. (laughs) Um... This movie's awesome. It, it's just so Gremlins,
2: good, dude. Gremlins and and it's that it's that a big difference me. between like Gremlins one and two is that Gremlins one is like a I won't say it's serious because it's about a freaking Mogwai. a little furball. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. but at the same time, it's a much more serious tone than part two.
1: Dude, G- Gizmo is that two feels like a cash grab. Yes. I get you. Yes.
2: But yes. So Gizmo that... is
1: that character or is that thing? Yeah. That I as a child like yearn for yes yeah, not, not like like awesome i toy. literally always wanted that i wanted a gizmo not a not some big goofy stuffed animal who didn't look like i wanted a real looking gizmo and it took until my 30s you got for a Furby. for no 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 they made a <laughs> gizmo they made a good furby yeah but um until my 30s when i got an actual neca made gizmo which i have which is amazing it wasn't until then that I got exactly what I was looking for throughout my whole childhood, and it really filled a piece of that want. Because we all got them things that we want from kid from our youth, and Gizmo was that one of that thing. He was the major thing that I wanted from my childhood, because I loved horror movies. But Gizmo was it, the collectible. I sing, I dance, I got the fur. I've got you know, like I've seen, I've met Zach Galligan, and I've we've talked to him about that, and he was like, oh, holding Gizmo was awesome because I had this thing in my arms that cooed and moved. And I was like, that's awesome. And that's what I wanted. I wanted that thing that I could hold my hands and coo and move. And I've got it. It's
2: mm-hmm. amazing. For sure. good uh, You know, another thing about this film, um, the colors, the cinematography. It's so well oh, shot. Oh, right on, right on, It man. just pulls you right into that Christmas feel, the old school Christmas lights, mm. the blues, the whites, all of that stuff.
1: Right. Um, the score. It's excellent yes the score is what's amazing that that little like that thing keeps you going throughout the movie because every time after the mogwais get um well obviously in the movie the mogwais get water on them which creates more mogwais gizmo gets water on him by Corey feldman yeah no less than other like i've always said if the 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 free world is gonna be brought down by Corey Feldman. I've <laughs> always I've always stated this. It? It. It's
2: real talk. It's real talk. <laughs> but
1: Corey Feldman spills water on Gizmo, which creates more mogwais. And then those mogwais are like alter egos of Gizmo, would you say? Like they're like Gizmo's yeah. this nice little whatever, but all the alter egos have a a mean streak. Yeah, I mean, exactly, yeah, especially yeah. Stripe, the guy that we get to know, like Stripe, you know, the guy with the mohawk. You could
2: strip. almost, yeah, you could almost ultimately say, like, it's archetypes, like, yes. if if somebody were to cut you into five parts, and just the worst part of those five parts of you.
1: Right, because they've got a goof, it's like Goofy, Dizzy, like, the, I yes. think in part two they actually name them that. Yeah. It's like Goofy and Dizzy and all these other gremlins that come off of Gizmo.
2: Yeah.
0: Right.
2: For sure. For sure. So I mean those are just some of my favorite things. It's just a well made movie. And come on, it's Chris Columbus. You know, like the dude brings it. I mean, home alone. You know, like yeah. it's just it's just well done. Uh Professor.
0: Um I yeah, it's just amazing how much talent is involved within this film, which yeah. clearly translates to the screen. I mean, we've mentioned the writer, the director, Steven Spielberg, money was involved. Oh yes. Yeah,
1: Spil- this was, let's not forget um, that. Sp-
0: Spielberg was I the feel producer like, of the film. And this is something interesting about this film for me that I feel also went into with some other great movies of the eighties, especially from Spielberg himself is that when I think of gremlins, I don't think of one thing, one genre, because you could say this is a Christmas movie. Well, I don't, I don't initially think of it as that. Right. You could say it's a comedy. You could say it's horror, a horror comedy. I just none of that comes to mind. It's just Gremlins. It was just a a big deal to me as a kid. Right. And so when you, it's one of those ones that people list off first when you bring up some of those topics. And it's just like, oh yeah, duh. I. I it's, it's just is. weird for me because I never corner it into one of those labels. Uh, but you know, I definitely agree. It's a very colorful
1: movie. It's mm-hmm. something
0: I've always loved about it. I feel like it almost holds the '80s within on your TV while you're watching it. It's very right. colorful and it has great mood. I like that the scariness never went too far. Same with the cuteness. Right. And I feel like that's what made it great was that there was something for everybody to watch, you know, and that's it's like that with a lot of movies from that time period. But like an adult could go watch it. A sweet sensitive kid could watch it. Uh, you know, an ornery kid could enjoy it for some of the stuff. And I just, I love that they never go too far with anything, like the stop motion stuff with them out in the street. Yeah. They did that when they needed to. Nothing is ever abused. Right. It's always done well. It never takes you out of the story. And I think that's pretty amazing that they didn't go ever too crazy with the little creatures themselves. So, right. Yeah, I love the movie. I think it holds up well.
1: There were certain things in this movie, like uh, the Phoebe Cates, man, when you watch this movie again as an adult, because I watched it again for the show. Mm-hmm. And I got to show it to my daughter for the first time. Which was an amazing experience. But when you watch it, Phoebe Cates has a suicide talk. And her depression. And it really kind of brought me down. Which I never really caught before. Like, I heard the, the movie I heard has the, some legit I heard the moments. secondary, the secondary speech. speech. But yeah. the first speech. Where she's like, well, Billy, it doesn't matter. You don't really know. Like, all the first stuff, I never caught. And then when she gives the secondary speech about you know, like, her father, you know, people committing suicide. It was like, damn, that was there. Like, I didn't catch that when I was little. Like, it was a, a major plot point, but I didn't catch it as a child. I was watching For the Gremlins, and as an adult, I was like, man, that's there. Like, she's got major fucking problems that need to be addressed. Like, so that was something that really caught me this time back going back through watching it. Because yeah. I was like, oh, damn, she's got substance. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, like I literally like Phoebe Gates as a child because I'd already seen I'd seen Fast Times before I saw Gremlins. Yeah. And when I saw Fast when I saw Fast Times, I was like, oh, we're objectifying Phoebe Gates with Judge Reinhold. And then I saw Gremlins and I was like, oh, Phoebe Gates is a sex symbol because I've already seen her as one. Well. And it, it's whatever. But I mean that's that was my childhood and that was my image of her. Mm-hmm. So, I I'd, I'd taken it out a little bit later, and you get into the storyline, but she was already that person. Yeah. And you see well, right. No, what? Right, no, I you hear you. Get. I hear you. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah. There was just some other notes I had. Um, the time machine. Did anybody ever caught the time machine before?
2: No. Nope. Mm-hmm.
1: So, when Billy's dad gets on the phone, and he's calling home from the convention that he just went to after he gives Billy the mogwa. In the background, there's a time machine from The Time Machine, the movie The Time Machine.
2: And then. I've heard it,
1: yeah. Right, Somebody's and then as show, yeah. we go on, it cuts to Billy, and then it cuts to the gremlins. And then we do a cut back to the dad talking, and the time machine is gone, and the people over there are examining where the fuck it went. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I never caught it before. But I read a spoiler thing and I looked for it this time. And it's kind of cool because I'd never caught it. So that's fun. That, that was one of those neat little things. So, But um, one of the other things I got is even in Gremlins, the black dude dies first. Yep. The first genuine death we get is the professor in the school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, right on, right on, right on. Right. Um, and the other thing is like uh, the wife and I were talking about this. Billy's mom drew first blood mm-hmm. it pipe. was the Rambo aspect of it like would they have just been goofy little <laughs> we cause mischief gremlins but Billy's mom drew first blood she put the one in the blender mm-hmm. she killed she hacked the one stabbed yeah. the one with the kitchen knife would they have been the same kind of standoffish death gremlins if Billy's mom wouldn't have drew first blood? And I kind of laugh at that because of the rainbow aspect of part two. Right. But it's like she drew first blood. That was my favorite scene as a kid was all the kitchen stuff. Oh, that kitchen fight's great. Awesome. Yeah. So that's one of the things I put. I love the scene where they're coming down the street. And I thought the bar scene was brilliant. Oh, the bar scene people is bad. amazing. It's so <laughs> like amazing. my daughter was looking at me. She's like, Daddy, why are they dressed like people? Why are they in the <laughs> bar? Why are, they, why are the gremlins drinking beer? And I didn't have any other excuse, any other reason. I can before, see Jada but, doing that too. They're, 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 they're gremlins. They're gremlins. <laughs> kind of see
0: where critters got their inspiration.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. I give you that. Well, Chris. I know we could go on for gremlins. For I a love while, gremlins. love but, gremlins. So we got to move along. Gotcha. So, up next, um, want we'll to talk about a foreign film. We don't cover a lot of foreign films. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. This is from Finland. <laughs> a little film called Rare Exports, which um, I really, I just want to apologize to all you out there in listener land. Uh, Mad Chan brought up earlier today that um, it's not on Netflix anymore. It used to be on Netflix streaming. And now it's not, and it's a real bummer because why the F in December wouldn't it be on Netflix streaming? It's perfect. It's just perfect for this time of year. It's like they're going to take Troll Hunter off this time of year. See, and that's what
1: killed me is because I really went to watch it, and I was excited about watching it because we were going to do it last year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and it was on Netflix streaming. And honestly, you you can't ever rely on anything, but that was one that I was like... It's been on here all year long. So why would it go away now? Right, at this and time. That's the way I it's felt so like
2: ridiculous. It. Netflix, if you're listening, shut up.
1: Get your shit together. Yes, yes,
2: put it back on when the snow's on the ground. Shit, so things. rare. So this is
1: a new movie, right?
2: <laughs> it's newer. Yeah. Do you, do you have a 2010? year? 2010? 2010.
1: 2010.
2: Um, Finland is a Finnish movie. Uh, so Scandinavian countries So you get some of that uh, unique mythology And people who just live in snow all the time <laughs> Yeah And uh, we know, especially here in America People <laughs> who face a lot of cold months They also drink a lot yes, they Which do. is part of the culture uh, So we have this finished movie um, Called Rare Exports uh, Professor, do you want to start out With any descriptors here?
0: Um, one of a kind Very very much uh, definitely foreign that would have never gotten made here
2: no
1: for a number of reasons
2: no and well made for a yeah. foreign film.
1: so for those of you for those who've never seen rare exports like i've never seen rare exports i didn't get the opportunity to watch this yeah movie. right like explain what rare exports is actually about in just mm-hmm. a brief synopsis
0: you watched
2: it more recently than i have
1: uh well
0: basically we've got a group drilling for an artifact um and, and
2: screwing up the hunting.
0: Right. The 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 way the, of for life the people who for the reindeer there. hunters who actually yeah, live there. There is a small group, um, I'm trying to remember how many, if it would be is it three grown men and a kid mm-hmm. that are living in, you know, their own little just kind of set up there. And they hunt
2: reindeer yeah. for a living.
0: Yeah. And um basically I mean, are we going all through I mean, if you just give yeah. just a quick thing? Basically 30 what seconds. it comes down to is a a battle for You know, first kind of rights to be there and, you know, like you said, affecting the way of life. And then we get, you know, down the road into seizing the thing that they're going after, which obviously, as it progresses, starts out as a little thing and gets much bigger.
2: And they think they're going for Santa's tomb, right? Right, correct. They're going for Santa's tomb. The drilling crew is, and it's on this off limits area that these reindeer hunters would sneak onto, yeah. to and, and to they, get the best reindeer.
0: And it's important too to mention that um, they go, you know, through the folklore. And and flipping through the books, and Santa is not portrayed as Santa as we know him. Right, here. he is not Santa, jolly old Saint Nick. Santa mm-hmm. is the punisher of the bad. <laughs> I mean,
1: he's, 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 a punisher. Yeah, well,
2: and you get a very small Krampus moment, okay. right? but not okay. a, but not full on. Like they showed like a little bit of like something that would be Krampus, and I was like, oh my
1: god, Krampus! But it, yeah, they didn't run with it. Oh, so okay, so you thought you were going to get that yeah holiday story that you've been waiting for. Just Which folks will be out?
2: 2015. Later next year. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right.
1: The Krampus story is going to be out this year.
2: Um, yeah. Go
0: ahead. I was just going to say I have a question that's very vital to the film, but I didn't just—I didn't have the time to go back and rewatch certain parts or to figure it out. Um, with all of the the old gentlemen who show up by the mm-hmm. dozens, so what are they? Are they elves? I think so, because as you know, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. they're not being shipped out as that. There. So I was confused. Which is to what, if, if, because basically what what happens is we get the one that they've got caged. They think that they've got.
2: Spoiler alert. Yeah. um,
0: (laughs) They think that they've got. Yeah, I mean. Spoiler
2: alert. This movie is from Finland.
0: Yeah. um, They've got this gentleman caged up and they're observing him. He is scary looking, nude. um, Big beard. Yeah. And. They are. I'm trying to remember like how the 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 moment is, is, is and how they explain to you what they have in the cage and what's coming. Because mm-hmm. it was a great scene. There is a lot of you know elves hanging dong. Let's just be honest. <laughs> elves and, hanging dong. But the
2: elves are. Old men with right. big, long white beards. Yeah, it's it's an odd scene. It is very and odd. They come just
0: charging.
2: Um, but they're scary. The elves are like yes. evil. Yes, and so um, it's just it's a bizarre movie. It's very bizarre, but so good. Like yeah. well made. Um, even as a foreign film that you have to read the subtitles, it's enjoyable. You get the humor. It shines through. Um, even though there's only just one main kid. Mm-hmm. you get a he's bit of great. you get yeah yeah Pietri, P- P- mm-hmm. yeah you get you get a bit of a goonies feel to it where he's you know he's the one and he comes out in his armor which is funny mm-hmm. like he's coming out and he's like trying to protect himself but then he thinks it's krampus and so he like wants his dad to punish him for being bad so that the krampus doesn't take him away um but then ultimately at the end uh he's the hero mm-hmm. and he he saves the day so it's very much a kid film Okay. Um, and he's got the trophy horns at the yeah. end, and like it's just it's it's fun. It's and there's just a fun movie. Well,
0: and I was surprised more than anything at how large scale it was. I mean, it gets epic when when that <laughs> it kid really does. Is they go in and rescue all of the the children? And you think he's gonna die? Yeah, because well, yeah. and another thing that happens is is down uh, with with the people nearby. I don't know if it's in a town or just neighboring people throughout the area. Uh, all radiators are taken for heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the children have went missing. To thaw out. And they've got them out, and they've got that in there to thaw out the big block of ice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Because like,
2: these evil elves have yeah, stolen. Yeah. They
0: come in and, res- and rescue these kids up in a, a big uh, netting contraption mm-hmm. yeah. and pull it out with a helicopter, and the, the main kid is pretty... it, hanging from it, and they're flying over. It looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. You're right. You know, it's the... very
2: epic. Yeah, it's very and epic. never
0: once does it look Bad. I mean, it still stays. I feel bad. like
2: Finland blew their national budget on yes. making this movie. They're like, "Visit Finland. We do this." Homes
0: were lost over <laughs> this film.
2: <laughs> so, um, I think just in short, just watch this movie. Yeah, it's, if right you on, get the right. chance, it's right so good. Like, I, I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was pessimistic, but I was not optimistic going into it. Yeah. A colleague of mine recommended it, and I watched it, and I was like.
0: Just move it to bomb. Yeah, don't yeah. watch it for warmth. Just watch it for fun.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, what should we move into next?
1: Oh, uh, you want to do the Bill Goldberg classic? <laughs> of,
2: of course. Please. Speaking of moving through something.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yeah, uh, tell tell us about that Bill Goldberg classic.
1: Bill Goldberg classic. It's uh, a little movie <laughs> I like to call Santa Play.
2: And for those of you who don't remember if you were born in a cave, Bill Goldberg, WCW champion.
1: Yeah, I like how you get so excited about that. Who's I got, next? i got this tattoo on my arm. Okay.
2: Mad Chan has a Bill Goldberg tattoo. I have a
1: Goldberg tattoo on my arm. Who's <laughs> next? Ah.
2: The spear and the jackhammer.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing, though. Like, Goldberg, when we look at WCW wrestling and um, the wrestling that he was in, was a star, what would you say?
2: 2000? Mm, earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, was I like remember. 98, 97, 98, 97, 98, 98.
1: yep. So this movie was made in 2005. <laughs> it was that late?
2: Yeah. So Goldberg is a... He's washed he's up. Gone. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, washed up he's, he's gone. To he's, made, he's not
1: up, He's not a WCW star anymore. And we make the movie Santa's Lake. Santa Claus is a demon <laughs> who has lost a bet with an angel, so he becomes the giver of toys and happiness. But when the bed is off, he returns to his evil ways. Oh, Here's the man. thing, Goldberg. So there's a curling match. Oh man, what, my what favorite about this, scene. What the about whole this movie. curling match? You see the curling match, Mister uh, Professor? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you watched <laughs> there, it? There yeah, is yeah a, I watched what it. Is, it was the claymation. Claymation, oh, like old school claymation, it's a claymation scene, in like every like Frosty the Snowman, like all your favorites from the back in the day. There's a claymation scene where the devil and this angel. Then this angel get into a Not curling match. Not Chris Angel. Match. This angel. Not Chris Angel, but this angel. Get into a curling match, and the son of the devil has to become Santa Claus for one thousand years. <laughs> I love it. But the year after his time as Santa Claus as we known it is over, he starts murdering people. Oh man. Let's talk
2: about that opening scene. Oh yeah, you've got at a dinner table two of the people I would choose first to kill. (laughs) You've got James, aka Jimmy Khan, Fran Drescher. (laughs) There's one. Chris Kattan. (laughs) And there's two.
1: And Rebecca
2: Gayhart, the Noxema girl, urban legend. Right, right. These four people are sitting at a dinner table together at the beginning of this movie. (laughs)
1: The, the, can, can, the we say, can we major say, can we
2: say, can we say, that's where the budget went right. for this five-minute scene? Jimmy
1: Kahn, the godfather of James Con, Yes! Sonny. Sonny, 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 Corleone. Sonny Corleone. Sonny Corleone. Then Fran Drescher, who nobody gives a fuck about. About 2005, <laughs> let's be honest.
2: Right. She she
1: she had already lost her. And then Rebecca <laughs> Gayhart was no longer oh, the Noxima girl. And Chris Kattan had lost his SNL status because he wasn't right. there no more. Right. So you have these four Chris Kattan's actors. Chris about as funny as a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> you Monkey like Bum. Mongo. You like Mongo. <laughs> but anyway, so, and go ahead.
2: So that's the opening scene is this rich hoity-toity family being ridiculous. And then Bill Goldberg comes <laughs> and slays all of them. And it's amazing.
1: Folks, when they say Santa Slay, they're not joking. This movie is literally. We watched this movie the when it came out. Yep. The Grizz and I I was a I was managing a video story, a popular big box chain video story. And Grizz comes to me and he was like, "What's new?" And we talk about it for a few minutes and we always did this thing where we would watch ridiculous movies.
2: We, we would watch
1: one mainstream movie, whatever the big title was that week, and we would watch something off the wall, goofy, horrible. So, what was off the wall and goofy when you watched this? <laughs> <laughs> this was our off the wall, goofy, horrible title. It yep. was Santa Slay, and we watched it, and we had a room full of people. Like uh, the, the professor, not the, no, I'm sorry, the other the rich wine was there. Yep. Uh, Kelly was there. Yep. Like we had those people with. It. I think even Jared was there at that point. We had those people with us. We had all these people I worked that worked for and with me, with us, and uh, we were like, "Holy shit! This is stupid. This is dumb. This is amazing." Amazing. And that's how it went. Dude. We we thought it was dumb, but then we were like, "This is amazing."
2: Let's talk um, about how Amelia, uh, Emily DeRaven. Emily like, DeRaven. I like the way he's like, a bl- em- I was like, Amelia, 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 Amelia,
1: Amelia, very
2: Sicilian, bitch with long hair, like cooking a derriere. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Emily DeRaven, aka Claire, from Lost. Claire.
1: My baby. I
2: got a baby, I'm on Lost, I, I'm Claire, hey, I'm Australian. Go <laughs> Uh so that um that was neat. Uh, I was funny to watch. I was like, "Oh man, she
0: And the kid from uh, Big Love, right? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: That's right. Um Doug Smith, aka Ben from Big Love. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is nuts. Two a lot shows. of familiar faces." Two shows? Shows? yeah, yeah, like
1: Saul Ruben, Rubenek popped up. Yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely, dude, yeah. Yeah. So
2: people in this movie. Um and then lots of great uh, catchphrases.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh <laughs> as as Bill Goldberg goes to run an old lady off the road, he goes,
0: Move, bitch. Get out the way. <laughs> I almost took the DVD out when he said that. You My favorite was, I, <laughs> was He just
1: said this soul no, the soul meal number. That was it. That was the part I was Can like, I just yeah, Can done. I throw out the
0: line I like? Please. Move, I don't want to step on you say. I'm please. Santa Claus, not fucking Dracula. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this I got to tell you so when they try and get him with the If uh, you, the you have not seen Santa's <laughs> sleigh and you're in for You're just like, man, I want a goofy horror movie to watch this season. Santa Slay is that movie for you because on the on the cover, like a lot of people judge movies by their cover. And if the cover alone would have done it, I would have never rented Santa Slay, but it was Bill Goldberg as Santa Claus. I was a huge WCW fan. That's what sold it. I didn't know anybody else was in the movie.
2: And and now looking back,
1: no, now looking back. It was the best lineup. choice we could have made because we when the curling part comes on, oh, when there God. was a curling match that was in Claymation, it ruined the rest of everything else we had going on that week. It was like, oh, dude, this is it. I can't, I can't do anything else. This that claymation. is what sold
2: me on the movie. That Claymation yeah, really scene. That's claymation that's the reason why there. I've watched it a few times. Yeah, since, no, so. I'm with you, sir. Um, that's. <laughs> I mean, just other highlights exploding gifts when those kids get their head blown off by the... I mean, like, all those random scenes that have nothing to do with the storyline of him killing people, it's just yeah, amazing. It was like they were like, ah, we're out of budget, uh, just make these scenes of people dying. <laughs> and those
0: kids were like, they're <laughs> yeah, montage. kill montage.
2: Um, Tiny Zeus Lister, a.k.a. Yeah. Debo, was in the movie. Um, <laughs> I just... I
1: forgot about that. I just don't love this movie. It's, no, right on, man. This movie is
2: horrible, but I
1: love it. It's, it's awesomely horrible. Yes. Uh,
2: and hey, then hey, final
1: final closing thoughts about Santa's life. You if get a, rent it, here's my yeah. closing thought. Rent it. You get
2: closing yeah, just, out.
1: Yeah, just go ahead and rent it.
2: You get the uh, you get a rematch of the curling.
1: Yeah, no, and that's that that's what. And amazing. it's real
2: life, not claymation. So right, right. But it's the, all on the line.
1: Yeah, like everything is up to the point. It's like, do we get a? Peaceful, humble Santa for the rest, or do we get goes out and kills people? <laughs> Santa Claus, and that, that's also that's awesome because we have all these different origin stories of Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this was one that was just like, no dog. There's an angel and a demon doing Canadian winter sports <laughs> to see what the hell's going on.
2: <laughs> Professor, closing thoughts on your favorite written, film.
1: guys. Uh, This movie ruined Christmas.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, but in all all fairness, it is absolute garbage, but it doesn't pretend to be, like, take itself seriously. It's just fun. Yes. If you know what you're getting into, you will have a good time with it. Uh, One fun fact I'd like to throw out is I noticed that the director had a very young but storied career starting out as a PA. On some really big time films. Man. Worked his way up, finally got his chance to direct, right. made this, and has done nothing since. No one's had him back. Even Somebody told me about it. that. Yeah. <laughs> How he just disappeared. Yeah. It literally just wiped his career out. But yeah, fun movie. Check it out. If you're listening to this show, oh, movie, yeah, you'll yeah, enjoy if it. You're listening
1: to if movie, you're as dumb, dumb as we are,
0: check
2: it out. <laughs> you
1: have to check this out.
2: All right. So we got a couple more we want to talk about. Mad Chan, what's next?
1: You guys, we're going to move into Silent Night, yes. Deadly Night, 1984, Charles E. Sellers Jr. This is the movie.
2: Oh, love it.
1: I love this movie. Like I Okay, so the first of the Silent Night, Deadly Night series that I ever seen was part four. And my brother, I had an older brother, he's 10 years my senior, and he had brought a group of horror movies home around Christmas time, and I saw Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, and as you guys may remember from that movie, there's a closet full, they open up a closet, and there's cockroaches and everything, all these bugs that roll out of this movie, so when it came time for me to go back and watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 1, as a young teen, or as a mid-age mid teen, you know, 15, 16, I was like, I'm not looking forward to this, I don't like bugs, and this wasn't that movie, this was a completely different movie, man. and, um... I watched it then. I watched it again for this show. I've, I've, I've seen it a few times since. And it holds up, dude. It really does, man. Yeah. We're talking about 1984, like I said. Um, we've got Robert Brian Wilson, who... I mean, we don't have a lot of big big names in this movie. I think the biggest name that you folks would know now is Linnea Quigley, and she's not really... Well,
2: a prominent in the role. Fir-
1: yes, yeah, she's not a prominent not a role in this one. movie, man, but she is a memorable one. I give you that, Professor. Um... The old man in the beginning oh, of the movie grandpa. was very frightening, man. When his face starts lighting lighten up and he talks to this kid. Like, folks, like we've got this catatonic grandpa who's sitting speechless. And mom and dad leave the room and this guy comes to life and starts talking to this kid. Literally, literally. Nah, maybe not. But really, it scared the shit out of me. guys. Like,
0: effect. That, was, that
1: was an effective. Yeah, I agree. That was an effective. Man,
2: um, love this movie. The first time I watched it, just didn't care for it. The first time I watched it, I was like, meh, it's okay. Okay. But I, this, and I bought a copy. Yeah, yeah, Because I found, yeah. I found an awesome, uncut, unrated copy yeah. at uh, Half Price Books. This show brought to you by... No, I'm joking. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so I money. got it for like four bucks, and I picked it up and um rewatched it just a couple of weeks ago before I loaned it to Mad Chan so he could watch it too. Yeah.
1: Because um, i I'd never seen the, the unrated version. Yeah. Of
2: the Second time around. I love this movie. I love this movie, man. It's just such a good slasher, uh, especially Christmas time. It's ridiculous. I'm not saying it's like well put together. It's not Halloween. Yeah. You
1: know? right. <laughs> right. But here's the thing, dude. 1984. Yeah. This was an early slasher, man. Like it really was. And it was an early slasher to the point it was one of those slashes where you know who the killer is. Yep. And um I like I've got a lot of things written down here, but uh like the Santa in the beginning was a horrible person. Like I thought he was gonna kill the baby.
2: Oh I really man. did. I that opening scene is horrible. Yeah, no,
1: no, that, that scene horrible. where they're in, yeah, it really it's was
2: it's rapey, almost killing babies, it's bad.
1: So I guess some other things that lead into it. who were the people fucking? Was that a nun? Were they? Was that a nun? I, was, a I wondered
2: that. Was wondered that two that. kids
1: that were in the in the place? I never really got that. And I, I, it was a big scene, but it wasn't a big scene. But right. who were the people fucking? Like, what do you think, Professor? Who were the people? Did uh, you no idea? You watched it. And also,
2: yeah. and also, yeah. initial thoughts. We didn't get Professor's initial thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry. Story. Yeah, no, you're, you're I'm just thoughts. trash over here. Don't.
1: No, 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 no. Well, the next movie. Well, the next movie is your movie. That's why I did this uh,
0: one first. I thought I had seen at least part of this film before, and that was evident. I hadn't. This was all new. I'll bet. I'll bet. Just throwing out here because we're not going to talk about
2: this episode because we didn't prepare for it. But I'll bet in your head, because I was thinking about it in my head too. A lot of things I thought I remember about this movie weren't from this movie. They were from that episode of Tales of the Crypt.
1: Maybe. Tales from the Crypt. You know what? With yes. the Psycho Killer. Maybe yes. The Santa Claus Psycho Killer.
2: Yeah. Right. Which is a great episode. It's yes. A great 1974. episode. 1974. Right. Tales from the Crypt?
1: No, no, 98. I was like
2: 74. No, 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 no. Maybe 90, it was. Maybe ninety four?
1: No, 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 no. Tales from the Crypt But, uh anyway. Now I'm this, sorry. I this know what was, story you're uh, talking about. I'm
0: sorry. This was an I initial think this story took place in It was yeah. an initial viewing for me, and I had a blast with it. Mm-hmm. It was like a not just even for Christmas theme, it was like an instant classic oh, for man, me. I this is one it, I yeah. will go back to multiple times and uh, furthered my love for Linnea Quigley. Oh, son of a bitch. So, so you like this movie? I loved it. Good. Like, Good. Big time loved it. Like, yes. Instantly yeah. up into the top portion of my favorite slashers. Like I I just got to say right off the bat, that work montage, when he's getting comfy at that job and motivated. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Beautiful. It's so 80s. It yeah, so it's 80s.
2: And can we just talk about oh, yeah, I've got how, some notes. how beautiful it is, as 80s kids, to look at that toy store. Toys, yeah. I even full made of, of oh, dude, full He's sitting there hanging out, out with the Star Wars toys, toys oh, with the Jabba's,
1: and the AT, AT-AT's, at and the G.I. Joe's. Like, that was an awesome Clearly, thing. Clearly, I'm sure they, they paid for back all in, that, right?
2: right? Oh, yeah.
1: Um... A few of my notes, man. Billy hit the fuck out of Santa Claus. As
0: a little <laughs> kid with that Santa was yeah. there, he, he punched that, he dude. He did. And can I just say how ridiculous it is that yes. they forced him to do that? Those adults knew what this child had been through specifically. Exactly. Right. And are making this kid sit on Santa's lap, what is it, a year later? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I, I mean, I know. I love Billy's teeth in his mullet. Really, that,
1: though, because the brother was a baby initially, and then the brother was talking. Wow. Even like, if it was five, but, or but five years, years I, I, I think about five. But After you watch
2: that. Santa murder your family, maybe you yeah. shouldn't sit on his
1: lap. And that's the thing, Mother Superior in this movie was a bitch. Yeah. Right? Like, well, she really was. Man. And that's the
2: thing, like, you know, if you talk about like, psychological things, like, people have their own theories about, like, oh, how should we, like, baby people through things or how should we make them tough through it? And so, like, that was totally like a bullshit right. thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, my, a couple of my biggest notes on this movie was, um, Billy, we, we get to see him as the model employee. Mm-hmm. Like he comes in, he does a great job. And then they put up the Christmas banner with Santa Claus that reminded him of some old school shit. And that made him start to flip. Yep. And then they make Billy wear the outfit. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get our fucking psycho killer. And what does he say? What is the thing? Punish. punish 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 dude that was scary that that was some shit when he kept saying punish because he looks at this little girl at one point in this movie that freaked me out even as an adult because i had forgotten and he was like were you good and she grew a little girl I was like yeah i was good and he was like were you really good he was like yeah i was good and he was like you didn't do anything bad. Were you good? she's like, no, I'm good. And he hands her the box knife. I swear to God, I was like, oh, this little girl's dead. Mm -hmm. Like that was one of those scenes that really got me, even though like it was kind of predictable. Like he's not going to kill the little girl. You didn't know because it was 19. It was the 1980s. He could have killed that little girl and nobody would ever thought twice about it.
2: Oh yeah. All bets were off in the 80s. Oh, seriously,
1: man. (laughs) Um, Professor, you want to talk about Linnea in this movie? Uh
0: great scene. Mid- <laughs> mid- minimal scene, and, and not for her lack of clothes, but even, <laughs> I even love the just, lack of clothes. On. I that whole thing <clears throat> was legit scary. The way he comes oh, up yeah. in that house and is manhandling her and you see it from a long shot and exactly. there isn't a bunch of flashy cinematic work going on. It's just like, you're in the room watching a home invasion. I mean, it's it, it was a memorable scene. One yeah. thing I particularly liked about this movie, well, two things. I'll split it up. One is, and you alluded to this a little bit, is the psyche yeah. of the killer. And I feel like there was a lot of fascination right. with serial killers at that point. Because exactly. so many had become in the news and you learned about the Ted Bundy. Well, yeah, we already had world. our Bundy at that point. Yeah. And, and some of that is applicable to this gentleman with the work montage and seeing him fit in, he's got the interest, you know, in the girl and he's polite and everyone's starting to like him, and so on and so forth, and then it snaps. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, also I really like the pacing of this film. Yeah. I thought it was exceptional for a slasher. The exactly. fact that because usually with a slasher, as you both know and most of the people listening, you get twenty minutes of fluff and then sixty minutes of screaming. Right. And what I liked about this was that the darkness continued to build and swell and creep in. And, and I, there was a story arc to it. And I found it critical. The
1: whole opening, like, after, as the kid who, the grandpa comes out of his coma or whatever, this this forced coma or whatever it is. And it looks at this kid and like, were you good? Or have you been a good boy? Pun- you know, you do, you don't want to get punished. The kid sees a Santa Claus murder his family. The kid is frightened of Santa Claus. We go into this this thing with him where they force him to sit on Santa's lap. He decks Santa Claus. Like he has this whole thing about him. And then you've getting you've got this. I don't know how old the kid was supposed to be in the beginning, let's say four or five years old, but you've got this thirteen year build up before we see eighteen year old Billy. An 18-year-old Billy comes into this situation, and he's great. He does great at his job. Then he sees Santa Claus, and he starts fucking up, hyperventilating. And then literally they're like, you're going to be Santa Claus. And they make him into his worst fear, and he starts punishing people. He's Santa Claus now. Punish. Punish was the big thing about it. Like Here's my notes. I want to put this out there. There were two things I really liked about this movie, and let's say Linnea had both of them.
0: <laughs> oh, I was just going to say.
1: I, <laughs> I would have put that out there. Linnea had both I of them. I love that those were your
0: notes, but
2: you've had so much more to say. <laughs> about but, uh, no,
1: no, the, but the, <laughs> I, 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 that was one thing I've definitely put because watching that scene again as an adult male, like watching it as a teenager, was one thing. But watching that scene again as an adult male and having met Linnea Quigley and had her arms around me and talked to her at length, I was like, when she pops up in any movie, I'm just like, there's Linnea. She's amazing. And she every movie doing. that she takes her fucking shirt off, man, I'm just like, Jesus. I was going to say, she I don't know in... if
0: you maybe have seen it in trivia or if this is true, but from the way they shot it, that had to be legit with that axe coming in next to her yeah that
1: that because usually was actually you swing real. the
0: camera around and no it move and it looks like it was thrown the axe
1: but... that was beside Linnea mm. in that movie was real um Good the job. throwing of the axe i'm not so sure but the axe that was in the wall beside her was definitely real and it was sharp and it was one of those things that they had to look out for. um the hanging of Linnea. I mean, I and we were saying you talk about so many different people—the mother, the the people that died in the Christmas party—but Linnea has that scene that's uh, the that, um. It reminds you of the, the what's it the uh, the Valentine's Day, the, my bloody Valentine. No,
2: yeah, this movie yeah, this movie
1: very much reminds yeah. me. Right, right, right. Bloody right, Valentine. right yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's that my bloody Valentine scene with even like in the remake with Betsy Rue, it's that whole scene. It's like here comes a mass killer. We know that he's going to kill you. How does he do it? You're running around topless. How do you get out of this? And she doesn't. She doesn't make it. Up. And that was one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie, man. Was the fact that the guys downstairs playing pool. He's sleeping with. He's trying to sleep with a on this pool table, <laughs> and she was the babysitter or whatever. She doesn't make it. And they never had to spell that out for you 100%. Right. that's what movies from the 80s didn't do. Right. They weren't like, this is how it is, and blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was amazing.
2: One last thing I want to say about this film. Um, talk about some excellent kills. Linnea, um, obviously, uh, also his first kill with the... Uh, his uh, his rapey little boss back in the storeroom. I did. Dude, dude, the uh, guy in the
1: storeroom was a fucking yeah, dick, dude. Little
2: Napoleon complex Yeah, kind of guy. yeah, yeah. Uh, but my favorite kill, personally, and I literally laugh out loud every time. Okay, yeah. The sled kill.
1: The sled kill. Is- <laughs> So yeah, amazing! With the yeah, so the beheading on the oh, sled. Oh my gosh. Behead on the sled. Oh amazing. man!
2: With the bad kids who scared off the other kids. That was or, great. And he gets to the bottom. He's waiting for everybody
1: to come, and they just see the headless. See, that's body. the difference, folks. If you guys have not seen the, if you guys have not seen the uncut and unrated version of this movie, look it out. Look it up because it's it's got a few extra scenes in there, and that and that was one of the ones that was added. Was the the interaction between those guys? Oh. They kind of led to the death. It was great. Which was
2: amazing. Oh, just it's it's one of my favorite kills in Slash Race. Yeah. I,
1: I borrowed it from Grizz to watch the uncut, unrated. I don't think I've ever seen that one before this time. So it was I an had neither.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my
1: final thoughts would be: Were you done with your final thoughts?
2: That's it. Final my, thoughts. My final
0: thoughts is Love it. Uh, just delighted, glad I watched it. Look yeah, forward yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look forward to re-watching it and. Uh, something in closing to just uh, if you're interested, look up the controversy that surrounded the film. Oh man, yes, the hate mail. Yeah, the hate mail is amazing. It was banned and just absolutely protested to the end. Mothers so, hated this. There's a special feature on mine. I don't know if the DVD has it where you can you can read the push hate mail arrows. Yeah, that. oh, it's so pretty good, pretty entertaining. But,
1: yeah, See, and the check hate it hate it out. and that is
2: not even not even as much about the movie, but about the trailer yeah. Yeah. because it was showing on TV.
1: Because it was Santa, they were depicting Santa Claus in a bad light, in which people didn't agree with. And they said if they would have pushed the death or everything else, the kid being in the the kid being an orphan, or if they would have pushed anything else, then parents wouldn't have been as mad as they, the fact that they pushed. It was Santa Claus killing
2: people. Yep, exactly. and I thought
1: that. was... I, I agree with the professor. I right. thought that was
2: interesting. And I mean, let's be honest here—not to break character, but. They have a legit point.
1: No, I'm with you. Around
2: Christmas time, you've got these trailers popping up of Santa killing people, and your kids are watching TV. I mean, like, it sucks. (laughs) But the movie's awesome. So, So, moving
1: (laughs) Moving on, moving on. Right.
2: Our uh, final film that we would like to discuss.
1: 1974, directed by Bob Clark, writer Roy Moore. Black Christmas oh. starring my favorite Margot Kidder is it isn't Margot? Margot Kidder <laughs> but <laughs> Ali- no Olivia Hussey <laughs> dude is it Hussey? Is, is it Hussey? Romeo I did, and Juliet a, I did, yeah she was in Romeo and Juliet in 68 but Olivia Hussey was I loved her in this movie
2: mm-hmm. I'm
1: sorry like there was one like if anything stood out about this movie to me it was Margot and her yeah and the rest of the girls I could have came, could have came and went, which they did. And even the house mother came and went. But those two actresses, I love them in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like this movie had a lot to it. it Seventy four is ten years before the last movie we we talked about, and we both we heard the name Billy in both of these movies, He's which in... was interesting. Yeah. It was Billy and Gremlins, too, right? Yeah, it was Billy and Gremlins. Yeah. What is it about the Christmas movies in the name Billy? I,
0: maybe it was this. Maybe it's maybe it lingered. Yeah, Did you so, mention John Saxon?
1: Yeah, John. Well, I didn't go through wasn't the whole. Sure I was you mentioned uh, The three too. big ones Throw are Olivia Hussey, Margot Kidder, and John Saxon. John Saxon played Lieutenant Ken Fuller. Margot Kidder played Barb, and Olivia Hussey played Jess. Jess and Barb were... I, Barb wasn't as major, but Jess was our major character. hmm and she was amazing in this movie um when the movie started I've seen the remake several times and I've seen the original several times and the original just holds so much more for me the remake
0: to me is an absolute joke
1: see and that's the thing about it like a lot of the times when they do these updated remakes like cuz Michelle Trachtenberg's in it and I like Michelle Trachtenberg. I really um, do. As a Buffy fan,
0: oh, okay. as a
1: well, as a Buffy fan, I like Michelle Trachtenberg because you know she's oh she was there for me early on, like and you know other things, Euro trip, blah blah blah. But this movie, Margot Kidder, nineteen seventy four. We're looking at we're coming off of um, oh shoot, Amityville. Uh, looking, uh those wouldn't have been made yet. Amityville looking, was
0: towards the end of the decade. She may we're at I,
1: seventy-eight yet, but we're looking at pre-superman, pre-Amityville. Yeah, pre-Amityville.
0: She may have made sisters <laughs> with Brian De Palma,
1: though. I think that might have been it, but I mean Margot Kidder was on the rise yeah. at this point. And Margot Kidder in this movie to me is amazing. I like I love Margot Kidder. Don't get I'm not taking anything away from Olivia Hussey. And uh, I want to point this out real quick before we get too deep into it. Um, Steve Martin. They were looking at casting Olivia Hussey and Roxanne. You remember Roxanne? Roxanne.
2: It's, it's,
1: it's, the, it's the 80s version of Serena. Mm-hmm. The Serena story. And um, Steve, where Steve Martin has a, a long nose. If you remember this movie. And Steve Martin looked at Olivia Hussey and was and got her cast because he was like, I love Black Christmas. Yeah, he, she thought she was. She thought they were yeah, talking the about Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and he was like, he No, said no, you're no. In one of my favorite you are one of my oh, favorite movies. Yeah, I saw it over twenty times, and she thought it was Romeo and Juliet, yeah. but it was really this movie. This movie had a lot to it. Professor, I know you love this movie. Go ahead with it.
0: This movie is easily in my top ten. juggles it around, you know. How we movie. change our top fives all the time and stuff. I may have listed that when we started the show. Can't remember, but it certainly always remains in my top ten. Yeah, I, I think it is. My top five keep changing. Constantly. I think it is one of the scariest movies ever made, and I stand right by on. that. Um, I think it is criminally overlooked for uh, getting credit for what it pioneered. This was made four years before the success of Halloween. Right, right. So and this, this is, is the... a slasher centered around a holiday with POV work. And it, it definitely has more gore than Halloween, but it's still it doesn't abuse the gore. So it's like there's a lot of traits. There's a lot of suspension. Uh, Would you say this is the first built.
1: slasher film? True slasher. True. Mm. To the formula we know now. I, I wouldn't have an argument well, See, and people forget I'm about this movie largely runner. because, like you said, this Halloween was made in 78. This was made in 74. Mm-hmm. And it's the same scenario. You got girls in the house. They're getting picked off one by one. You have a slasher that we see the POV first-person view from. And he's running around killing these people. This is really it. They're like, this is what Halloween drew... Like, I'm sorry, this had to be what Halloween drew from. I can't say this is what... But this had to be what Halloween drew from, like because this movie was so well done. And we talked about the director Bob Clark. Bob Clark was the guy who brought you. You watch the Christmas Story every year. Bob Cl- Bob Clark brought you this movie as well. There's no, it's like, oh, fuzzy bunnies, and you'll shoot your eye out. He's the same guy that wrote the line, "Darling, you can't rape a townie." Like yeah. you, this same. Same guy, bro. Yeah. Like this is the movie. Like Margo Kidder. Like this
0: well, was he, it. He's he's the king of atmosphere. He also did Murder by Decree right, with right. Sherlock Holmes investigating Jack the Ripper. I mean, he was very good at that. Did you have any opening thoughts that that you got on this? Man, uh,
2: love this um, I love this movie. I got to tell you, just the obscene phone calls. Oh, are terrifying. They are. The first time I watched this film. And this may surprise people, but the first time I watched it was 2006. Hmm. And uh, I was in between jobs, uh, careers at the time, and uh, just moved back to hometown, staying with mom and dad, just moved back to the state. And uh, nice fall night, and uh, watching this film, and I've got my window open. And the obscene phone calls rattled me so much. This is 2006. I'm 24 years old. <laughs> right. The obscene phone calls rattled me so much that I closed my bedroom window. Bro. Because it's,
1: they're just that. The, that first obscene phone call is so upset. Like, you don't hear that now. Yeah. They said things in 74 in this movie that now... They wouldn't repeat in movies.
0: Well, the switching is so frantic between the yes. voices, and, it's, and that's it's right. Scary. And that I think
2: that's it's not what he says; it's just the
0: way it's yeah. done. The, the,
1: like, the it's, just the you know, noises that like he this makes raw grunting, and then he gets to things like you know about I'll do this to you, and you can suck this, and and I'll like this. Like, like <laughs> we don't need to break it all down. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like I'm not trying to get into right. But I mean, that was so raw for for what you consider yeah, 74 right because like we've talked about it even in later cinema like we, we we talked about uh like rejects or something like there there was a scene of rejects one scene that was obscene right this openings that's opening obscene caller had my nerves on edge because right. it was like why would you say this to this woman and he, somebody really said it. That was that was amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I
1: think so, that plays into a large part of why it's
0: so scary at times is because you're not looking directly at crazy. Right. You've got it all around you. You know, as a viewer, you don't you know what what the characters don't in the house, which is scary. You the phone calls are happening. You're not watching somebody be nuts. So it's scarier to listen to and the unknown mixed with yep the imagery that you see as we progress and the person going through the house. And and the, obviously a lot of the things you see later, but
1: see, and that's one of the things like we, we talked about a little bit earlier, like Halloween was 78. This was 74. One of the things about it was the, uh, the true slasher, like Michael Myers didn't say anything, but this guy, Billy, it's like mm-hmm. the opposite. Like Billy was just like on the phone. He ran Billy, his damn mouth. All <laughs> the right, time. right, right. Billy was on the phone, <laughs> and this was one of the first. Like, cause we talk about a, we've talked before about you know a stranger calls and things like that. This was that one of those first. The calls are coming with inside the house really? movies. Yeah, and that's one of the scariest aspects about it is, and they knew that that was that formula. It was like no. The calls are coming from inside the house. Deal with it. Go. How do you deal with that kind of situation? That's, That's a, one of the things. That
0: is a great scene, too. Yeah, when the yes, cop calls yes. and says, do not ask questions. Just do what I just do. Just get, and get out of the yep. house. And just the, leave the house. And the scene where she finally it sets in and she turns around to look. And you look from her view. You just look at steps. And there's that feeling of just dread. I mean, that's a scary scene without yeah. seeing anything directly. It's just another example right. of his filmmaking. Oh, yeah. See, and
1: that was the thing. Like, when an officer calls and when an officer says, get out of the house, you get out of the house. But Olivia Hussey was like, no. no. And at that point, it's like, like the professor said, you're like, that's what built that tension. Because she wasn't about to just leave. Because uh, Margot Kidder was upstairs. Like the old lady and the the housemaid, the housemarm, whatever mm-hmm. she was, she was upstairs. There were people upstairs. I'm not leaving because these people are upstairs sleeping. I'm gonna go get them. And the, even though the cop was like, "Get out of the house now! Listen, listen to me. Hang up the phone. Walk to the door. Unlock the door. Go outside." Yep. And she didn't do that. And that was one of those amazing things because that leads to our chasing which ultimately leads to our ending so this movie was so deep you're like man like there's so much in this movie like there's the characters in this movie 74 is the first because you didn't even get this kind of depth in halloween like what's her name uh, olivia her character she's pregnant we find out yeah and like then having it, a war remote. right it yeah. could be it could be the boyfriend. Right. She thinks it's the boyfriend. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, right, right. That's yep. a guy from 2001. Right on. She thinks it's the boyfriend. Like everything goes on with this. Dave. And we find doing, out that Dave? it's not the boyfriend. But I mean, there's a lot that goes on with these characters in this movie. They build up layers. There it's like it's it's the Shrek. And Ogre has layers. Like they literally build up layers around these characters. And they peeled them back and at the root of it you're just like, Oh shit, like there's a killer in the house. And then the as we get because we always do spoilers, as we get to the end of this movie, I was like oh. even like watching it later in years, like I was like, Oh shit like that whole scene at the end where they pan away from a oh, see in the bed man. and they pan down the hallway to each room where somebody's been killed. And then they keep panning. That builds so much tension that I don't think I don't think a lot of directors understand. That.
2: Yeah, especially Gris?
1: coming through that. Chris?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. The way that it pans out, exactly that ending uh, when you they're like, "Oh, we've got him," and then you're like, "No,
0: no, no you, you don't,", don't because know. they
1: thought it was the the old man, the professor. Uh,
0: during that, by the way, what, yeah. as the phone is ringing. I yes!
1: Oh my God! Hold yes. on! I no, couldn't you're help
0: but think of when you watched Once Upon a Time in America, Grizz, <laughs> and thought you had a bum DVD because it kept ringing. Hey, I was like, I was like, I was like, Phones just supposed <laughs> to keep ringing. I will say this: the ending is not for everybody. I don't have a problem with it. No, I didn't um, either. I I, I value the well. I, I will say this real quick, which leads me into my point, which is that I like that we cycle through in the daytime. Uh, gives us a chance to to loosen up some of it and build the story a little bit more. And I also feel that some of the scariest imagery I've ever watched is the stuff with Claire and the bag over her head in the chair yes. and him rocking her mm, and yeah. talking to her. And then even the scene the next day I thought was very effective is when we angle it out through the window during the day and you just see her just chilling there rocking them in the background mm-hmm. going about trying to figure out what, what, is what wrong. happened to her. Yeah, Her uh, dad
1: was there the whole time. Like, Yeah. And that, that was that poor that, dad. That was scared that, that poor son right. of a bitch. Dude. I know. Like, you, you genuinely. Show, he shows up on campus and gets blasted with a snowball.
2: I mean <laughs> and, and, Yeah, right? yeah.
1: Like, because you don't know what the hell this dude's doing.
0: And, the, and then all of a sudden it's pets. like, oh,
1: it's the girl we've already seen died. It's that. That's a brutal scene, too. When it's like, at, I'm at, here to get Claire.
0: When they're at dinner and Margot Kidder goes nuts about, like, blaming her for the girl that's not, she's dead, and, you know, the dad's sitting there. It's just, that's just painful to watch. This. Right, yeah. And, the and then stuff, the whole
1: scene's at the end where, uh, what's-her-name, is sitting in the bed, and he, the dad is starting to sink into the dad, you know, because they go to get him help. It's starting to sink in. The dad's just like, oh, shit, my daughter's dead. Yeah. Like, because I'm watching, I've watched all this unfold. Yep. She's gone. And it sinks in, and then they're like, we need to get him some help. And that's what leads to that pan scene. Um, that I pan just, scene was amazing. Two more I was going to throw go ahead,
0: out, the, and then I'm good. Unless you had something uh, Just one more. Just go, one more. You
2: go for it. I was just going to say, um, very little music in the film. Yeah. And yeah, I think, you can, yeah, yeah. And I am. think that's what adds to the <laughs> effective creepiness of the film. There's very little music used. And um, that's what creeps me out. Um, I think that very much in films, that's what sets the atmosphere is the music. But I also think that in these very personal slasher-type films, no music, where you hear the breathing, the gasping, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff.
1: Well, and that's the thing. In this film, film, it wasn't even, like, just the breathing, the gasping. Like, he's rocking the fucking chair. And hearing that. Billy, oh, my God. You know, like, that shit frightened me because it wasn't your normal, hey, what's up? because, because let's be he, honest
2: he was scary when you hear noises in your house right when you're home alone when you hear things that make you get up to go investigate it's the silence
0: yeah it's, <laughs> it's the
2: yeah right it's the silence that it when it becomes so quiet that your ears start ringing yeah because you're just trying so hard to listen for that next sound to find out is it the cat yeah or is it something bigger
0: i think that's a great point yeah especially with the lack of music because i think like if most other filmmakers would have made this like for instance when that first filth was uttered on the phone there would have been a Dum! or a shriek right. or something dramatic and in this it's not you're going to sit here and you're going to experience this with them mm-hmm. that's a good point and i mean really the only music you hear is either you know atmospheric music a choir nearby or the the music that the boyfriend's working on writing right that, that's true there's really not uh, very, little very little music used uh, very little music used. just two scenes i want to throw out and then i'm good um the, the eye in the door crack is one of the, the, the scariest the things yes. i've ever seen
1: and what is Nando, up the dude's eye dude Seriously. it's
0: intense and uh, the kidder pov kill just silence and the flailing up on top of her and that's yeah. brutal yeah. that's brutal rough
1: but yeah Scary, scary ass movie,
0: madness. Any
2: final thoughts?
1: Um, honestly, like he said, the that was what got me was the killer. And when we saw the eye, when uh, Olivia Hussey comes into the room and she looks through, and he starts talking to her through the door with that one red, just oh man, that eye it was what made it for me. He's just like, ha, and then she runs out, and she runs down the steps, and he grabs the back of her hair and stops her. I always think in movies that's a a, a horrifying moment for women, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, we're big grizzly bald men. Mm -hmm. We don't run around with that, but this woman, literally, this killer reaches down and grabs a handful of her hair and knocks her to the ground so he can come back. That to me, was terrifying. It yeah. was. And the fact that, like, she, at that point, I was like, man, she's done. Like, even as just a fan, like a fan, a guy watching horror movies, at that point, you're like, she's done. He's coming around the fucking corner. You're done. And she ended up getting away. So that's that's the build-up. I love yeah. that. That's the rub. Yeah, for and, sure. But the end of this movie, the long pan down the hallway.
2: Man, yeah.
1: Up to everything that happens. And guys, like, go ahead and watch it. I won't ruin it. But the end of this movie, when that happened, I was just like, that's fucking frightening. Because other movies, Halloween, whatever. He's not, I shot him six times. You know, like, whatever. But that one little subtle fucking knot made this movie. And if you haven't seen it, watch it, man. Because it makes your experience. Everything that you went through with these characters, it all comes to fruition. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not done with you. It's amazing. Fellatio. It's a new exchange. I love it. it That That That's a great joke. Great Great joke. joke. Yeah, I like
2: that. Very good. So, there you have it. Midwest Monsters essential. Christmas viewing.
1: Christmas viewing. Watch Gremlins. Grimlin. Watch Santa sleigh. Watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. Watch Rare Exports. Watch fucking. Black. Watch Black Christmas. Just own Black Christmas. Own, go out and buy Black Christmas. Own you. And <laughs> if there's anything, like, when people talk to you and they're like, oh, is there anything, one thing you didn't get for Christmas? If you didn't get one of these five movies on this list, that's what you need to be asking for, bro real talk especially by christmas so any any other final thoughts i got that's uh, it Just, I, I, no uh, these five these five were awesome
0: no i've covered everything on the movies and happy Very holidays good. to all you out there and listen happy holidays happy. hey if you guys want to if
1: you guys want to purchase our christmas album we didn't make one yet <laughs> But nah. if we get enough of you guys that want one we'll, we'll record a song or two
2: and it will be on a mint green vinyl Ooh, a, mint a mint green, mint green vinyl. Vinyl. vinyl so very good well wrapping up for the Midwest Monsters on a Christmas podcast Merry Christmas to all of oh, you oh, out there oh, in oh, the listener oh, land oh, I am Grizzly joined by Matt Ho oh, oh, Ho
0: oh, Chad Professor Billy <laughs> Billy we
2: love All of you, stay scary.
1: Very good, guys.